0: Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to episode one of Fishing for Men. My name is Jeffrey Stevens, and I am the host of the show. Normally, well, not normally, but from time to time, I will have a guest on the show with me. But today, it is just me, and I want to discuss... God having a plan and a purpose for our life, and more importantly, the false belief that that can be, disqual- someone can be disqualified from having that that purpose due to their past. I think all of us, when we come to the Christian faith, rather, that happens as a, young child or an adult, we can all grasp our mind around the gospel and Jesus being for everybody, for all people, but when it comes to God having a plan or a purpose, you know, a lot of people, a lot of the men I speak to, they have this idea that their life is sin before this moment sets them apart that God God doesn't need them for anything, that their responsibility is just to show up at church every Sunday morning and to sit down and be quiet and do the best they can to follow along. <clears throat> and this simply this isn't the case. And the Bible's full of stories of people that show us this more importantly as we get more involved with a church community or a movement of Christians. I'm not real big on using the word church just because in our generation in the world we live in today, people hear that term church and they think of a building, they don't think of what the ecclesia or the way was when Jesus was here on earth with his disciples. And so, there's too many people that they don't understand, despite what the past looks like. Even since coming to faith, God still has a plan and a purpose and a way to go about making it all be able to be used to glorify His name. So when when I bring this up, when I'm speaking with other men, one of the first first responses I'll hear is, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, and I know the preacher says that to make sure I'll make a donation or a tithe at the end of the service, but I have a past. Jesus has already given up on any plan he may have had with my name on it, I've I've been divorced and there's been some horrible decisions made. God simply He can no longer use me or if I'm talking to a to an individual who's more like myself. Oh here man Jeffrey, I've I've been to jail a few times. You know, it all centers around this addiction problem I have. It started just years ago having a few drinks or a couple beers every now and then to relax and have a good time, or there was this accident and I got hurt and I just started taking the medication the doctor gave me to ease the pain, and somewhere along the line those few drinks or that prescription took control of me. And now I simply can't function without it. It's ruined everything my entire day from the time I wake up until I go to sleep that night or pass out that night. Centers around what I can do to get another drink or another pill. And it's just led to a life of hell. And I know who Jesus is and I believe he died for our sins and that I'm forgiven. But as far as him wanting to use me to accomplish something for his glory, there's nothing I could ever do. I'm not good enough. You just wanted to understand. And here's here's the thing with that. I'm um, sure i I have a degree in theology as well as a few different collegiate certificates I've written and spoke about the Bible professionally from all outside appearances. It may look like I've got everything all together i like I've got all my crap and my ducks in one row, but since since this, since Jesus became important to me, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ as an adult in September of 2012, and doors just opened for me right away. I started doing some writing for a blog, for a ministry the right person saw it and the next thing he knew the president of Aiden University was offering me a full ride scholarship to study theology and that all took off in the January semester of 2013 and since that time not only since I surrendered my life to Jesus but since I started studying theology at the collegiate level since i've written and spoke about the bible professionally i got married and that marriage failed miserably because of me and my actions um you know when, when you're a christian man and you're a husband it it it, it doesn't matter whose fault something is That doesn't matter, I'm a man. Anything that went wrong is my responsibility. There's something I should have done different. And also, what a lot of people wouldn't realize unless they regularly read what I write, I attended my first AA meeting. I first started going to Alcoholics Anonymous 22 years ago at age 16. And I'm currently not far from receiving a 60-day chip. And if you're not familiar with what that is, is the program of Alcoholics Anonymous will hand out chips or tokens to recognize periods of time without sobriety. So this is something that's been a part of my life for over 20 years now. And here I am getting ready to get a chip for 60 days without drinking. From 2012 through 2016, I lived at a faith-based halfway house for men suffering from addiction at least six months a year, every year. So I'm pretty familiar with failure. I know exactly how it feels to wake up and be lost in the wilderness. In more than one time in the previous 12 months, Jesus has had to leave the 99 to come and chase me down. And so, you know, since, since 2013... My goal was I wanted Jesus' plan and his purpose for my life for me to be the C.S. Lewis of my generation. Um, I wanted to be used to teach others about the Bible and I wanted to help church people, men and women who've been going to church and faithful Christians their entire life. You know, I wanted to write something new or explain the Bible in a way they'd never heard. I wanted to teach them how to apply the Bible in their daily life. And yet, I I struggled to go 60 days without drinking. I have had severe struggles during periods of time in my life not to watch pornography. My marriage failed miserably. I failed my daughter. Um, so I, I, I get it, I can relate with those people who have been led to believe because of their past that they just don't qualify to be used by God. And so I recently, Jesus has let me know that if I want to be as close to Him and as intimate with Him as I desire to be, my mission, my purpose is to go out and chase down the men who are just as lost as I've been several times throughout my life, including the previous two years. So I, I've got no business trying to teach people who've been going to Bible, going to church longer than I've been alive, how to apply their the Bible in their daily life. I'm to use my story and the mess that I've made and the horrible situations I've put myself and my family through, I'm to use that to lead others closer to Jesus. So that's why, if you notice here on our channel, we've already had a few episodes. Um, Our name was recently changed. and went from gospel grammar to fishing for men and just like like I said, everything about, you know, here I am eight years into this relationship with Jesus. And things change, and more is made clear, and more is hidden from time to time. But I'm starting to see now, the more effort I put into growing closer with Jesus, He showed me, look, you have made the decisions and the actions that you've done and I'm still going to use you. There's still a plan and a purpose. It's just not going to be exactly what you wanted it to be. And I'm okay with that, I'm all in. I'm willing to do whatever it takes because of how close I want to grow to Jesus. It's not that there's something to earn or a prize to be won or an award to achieve but when this living your life on purpose for Jesus becomes what makes you tick there's different levels to it and I'm finally growing into a new level where it's Jesus saying okay if you're all in you're all in let's go pick up your staff and come on so this is what we're doing now we are we are doing fishing for men this is our our podcast show we also have a Facebook page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel. So look into that. Follow us on all of those platforms. And I believe through this met, through this podcast, you can message me directly on here. Um, feel free to reach out and talk to me. Ask me a question. Tell me you think I'm wrong. Do whatever. I just want to know that you're listening. So I'm going to grab a drink of water real quick. Today we are going to be in Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 through 23. I thought that would be a great place to start. What I'm wanting to share today is how despite your past and what you've done and what you've been through or maybe it's what's been done to you. You know, there there's still a plan and a purpose. You still fit into the category of all people. And you know, the text we're going over today, it ends with someone with a much worse past than I've had doing great things for God. So we're gonna dive in. What we're doing for those curious, I do anytime I write or speak about the Bible I use, the ESV, the English Standard Version. Uh, it's not the only version I read, but anytime I'm doing this, that's where it's coming from. So I will read today's text in its entirety. and Then I have a few points I want to come back and discuss. I guess there's really not a discussion. It's just me talking. So I've got a few points I'm going to come back and talk about. And then I've got something to close with. So I will grab a drink and we'll get started. If you're following along with the Bible, again, we are in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Here we go, verse 15. He is the image, and the he here, when Paul says he or him, he's talking about Jesus. So that's, that's important to know. So Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, Either thorns or dominions, or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in everything he might be preeminent. And that's a big word. We'll come back to that here in a little bit. That in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven. making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, and the you here is the, the people who live in Colossus, the Christians there, the members of the Colossian church, Paul started. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to pre- in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. And that's major right there, of which I Paul became a minister. that'll be part of what we close with, so i'm gonna grab another drink real quick, and we're going to get started and back here in verse fifteen, you know when i when i uh when I'm going over the Bible with people, I do that quite a bit. I've always got a Bible with me. You no know, here in the previous month, however long it's been now, you know i even on the way to my bar on the way to the liquor store or to the bar, I take a Bible with me everywhere i go that's that's just how I've been for the last few years. It's a great conversation starter, and there's been many times it's led to me just sent down and having discussions with people I've never even met before. And right here where it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And that can be a major holdup for a lot of people who are new to the Bible, who, uh, you know, they maybe just have a couple verses that come to mind. And they're telling me, you know, Hey, Jeffrey, you you just told me the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. You've got all these people. The majority of this book happened before Jesus was born. And then you have Paul sitting here saying he's the firstborn of all creation. Well, for starters, the main point is Paul, when he uses this term, firstborn with Jesus, he's not necessarily talking about his age or how old Jesus is. What he's referring to is the rights and the privileges of a firstborn son, especially the son of a king or monarch who would inherit ruling an area sovereignly. And what we have to remember here is Paul wrote this letter to the Christians in Colossus back when he wrote it. When, it. when he wrote this, he didn't intend on you and I reading it today. You know, We we weren't even part of the story yet. So when you read the Bible, you have to keep that in mind. There's a couple of questions I, I always ask myself was, who wrote it? Where did they write it from? When did they write it? And who did they write it to? And so when we put ourselves in that situation, in that context, we're able to see, well, you know, firstborn rights and whatnot, that would have all made sense back in this time period. So it it might sound a little different than how we would use the word now, but it's not being written now. And on top of that, This is a perfect reference back to Genesis chapter 1, verses 20. What is that 26? Then God said, Let us make men in our image. Let us make men in our image. And what you have to realize is, as Christians, We serve a triune God, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And they are three combined into one. I don't even know how to go about explaining this because there's a chance you might have no clue and there's a chance you might be able to explain it better than I can. But that's what we're referring to here. Paul's not necessarily saying... Hey, Jesus is the oldest person ever born. What he's explaining is he's referring back to this in Genesis and how it justifies Jesus having these firstborn rights. So that's all for that one. Let's continue on here with verse 16. Verse 16, it says, For by him... All things were created. That's the word, all, I mean for a three letter word, that's a humongous word, that all is everything. So you you can fit in here, all people. So that, that doesn't say if you're over this age, or younger than this age, or if you live here, or you were born there, or if you have red or brown hair, or white skin or black skin, that says all people. So if if you're breathing right now, if you're alive, you, you qualify, you fit in the category of all people. You were created both through and for Jesus, not for in the sense that He needs you but as in your purpose is to praise and worship Him in everything you do while pointing others to the cross. And if you are listening and you are someone new to all this, just bear with me here for a little bit. That can be be a lot to chew up and digest, that everything you do is to worship Jesus and to point others to the cross. And here in a few a few weeks, we're going to be doing a episode every Tuesday and every Friday. And I think it's four or five weeks from now. I'll be getting into that in much more detail. So you need to follow along and make sure you hear everything as we publish it. Now we're going on here to verse 17. And no, I do not have a note for every verse. Just, I am going through them in order, and I just happen to have one for the first four verses, and then we skip a few. So, but anyways, verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And so, you know, when you follow Jesus, when you're, a part of the way of your disciple Jesus, he is to be before all things in your life. And if if you're new to this, that can, that can be a little threatening. You know, what what do you mean he has to be first? This is saying, this means Jesus comes before the time you spend with your children. He comes before the time you spend with your spouse, before the time you go to work, you know, uh, on payday when you've got your money, He what He wants you to do with your money comes before what you want to do. You, in the bedroom, when it comes to your sex life, what Jesus says to do comes before what you want to do. So is Jesus comes before all things. And know, when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, no one expects for that to happen that day. And then you wake up and all of this is going to happen perfectly. Again, here in a few episodes, we're, I'll be discussing the process of sanctification. And this putting Jesus before all things in your life. This is a process. It's not an event. It happens over time, not overnight. But at the same time, you need to start drawing a picture in your head of what this looks like. what What does it look like for Jesus to be before all things in your life? You know how, how does that change how you spend your money? How does that spend how does that change what you do in your free time in the way you interact with other people? And when you're drawing this picture of what you think this is going to look like. And like I said, I'm just figuratively speaking here, but you don't draw this imaginary picture and marker. You do it in pencil. That way changes can be made. Because like I said, what what I saw and wanted and was praying for back in 2013 in a lot of ways is completely different than what this looks like here in 2020. And I'll be honest, you know, if I would have knew then, what I know now, I don't know that I would have been all in the way I was. You know, I I don't know that I would have been ready to sign a paper committing, committing six years of my life to school and everything that was involved. But, uh, You know, at the end of the day, you you have to realize when Jesus is before all things in your life, Jesus doesn't promise you're going to be comfortable and never in a rough situation. Yes, the Holy Spirit is our comforter, but there's a huge, huge, huge difference between having that comforter and being comfortable. Jesus... Never promises we're going to be comfortable. I don't know how much of the Bible you've read, but when it comes to his original 12 disciples, it, it didn't end real well for them as far as their earthly life. You know, that there wasn't a whole lot of comfort involved in the way we look at it today, especially here in the United States in 2020 when everyone's biggest concern is pursuing the American dream and parents put more thought behind where their kids are going to go to college instead of where they are going to spend eternity. And so we have to remember when Jesus, when He becomes before all things in our life, that that doesn't mean it's all cash and prizes from that point forward. It means that regardless of how hard and how difficult life gets, He's there to comfort you, and that's something we have to keep in mind. You don't hear that enough. You have all these prosperity preachers who want to promise this and promise this and promise this and that that's why so many people in my opinion leave the church today, especially the younger generation is they they start following Jesus. And not only does life not get easier, more often than not, it even gets harder. And when you aren't being taught the Bible the way it's supposed to be taught, that can be very misleading. So that's, that's important to keep in mind. You sit here and you beg God for revival and you tell Jesus you want him to be behind or before all things in your life you got to be ready for what all that entails. We're going on now here to verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. I said when I originally read through the text, that word there, preeminent, that is a big word. And this is one reason why I use the English Standard Version when I'm doing this, is words are very important. That's why when you read the Bible, you don't just skip through as quickly as you can. You you chew up and digest every word. Words are in a place and in an order for a specific reason. And here the word preeminent. Here's just a few definitions I found. I actually I was surprised by how many there were. But I was trying to keep them in a biblical context. So preeminent means the quality of being superior. A type of distinction, a type of distinction for anything To be considered the best of something. Surpassing all others. Very distinguished in some way. Having paramount rank, dignity, and importance. So here's the thing with this. It it tells us right here, God's word tells us. That in everything he might be preeminent. Well, just like the word all, there's that word everything. So everything, your life is included in everything. So when someone looks at your life, can they tell by the way you act, and by the way you live, and the way you go about your daily routine? Can, is it evident to all around you that Jesus is preeminent in your life? Or do you have to remind people from time to time that you're a Christian? Or here, here's the best one that we can relate with today, and I'll be first to admit I fail at this regularly. But if I was to pull up and look at your Facebook page, would it be clear to me that Jesus is preeminent in your life? Or would I think something else is of, permanent, of paramount value to you? And that—that's what we have to realize when we use these words like preeminent and before all things. You know that this isn't just on Sunday morning at church, and as soon as we pull out of the parking lot, it's back to our old selves. This is a process that is ongoing and continues to develop. The closer and closer we get to our time here on Earth being finished. so the, those were some of the definitions I found preeminent now going on here to verse 20 uh, and this is a good one and through him to reconcile himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of the cross and that that's you know, that's pretty pretty descriptive, making peace by the blood of his cross. That doesn't just say that Pilate found Jesus guilty and he was crucified. That says there was blood, that there was torture, that there was a beating, that Jesus was punished, that his death cost something. And we, we, we get too wrapped up and skip over it a lot of times. And because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, that punishment, the beating that brought on all that blood, because of what Jesus accomplished, we have been reconciled to God despite what has happened in our past. This is important. It's not about us becoming a better person or a better version of ourselves. It's not about our church attendance or how many Bible verses we memorize. Only through what Jesus did on the cross, the blood that was shed, are we able to live our lives in relationship with God. And I think that there's too many of us we like to think of the birth of Jesus in the Major at Christmas time and that's the image we still wanna keep in in our head come Easter and don't take this the wrong way because I, I'm not saying the birth of Jesus wasn't significant. But that that death on the cross, that beating, that time from Jesus' arrest in the garden to everything that happened to where he was killed, crucified that was hands down the most significant event in the history of the world without without that everything is different that was our substitutionary atonement that was our sins being paid for that was the once and all sacrificial lamb being slain for what we have done, for our sin, for our transgressions. Without that, nothing else matters. So we have to remember the importance of these events. Here we go, verses 21 and 22. And you, again, the you here is, it's not you and me. It's the people in class, the followers of Christ in class. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. And while, no, this, th- this letter wasn't written to us, we fit the description perfectly. Before living a life, surrender to Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Every one of us were enemies of God. That doesn't mean we didn't believe, or we didn't trust, or we didn't like. It means we were enemies of God. Only through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus do we have the ability of becoming a part of God's family. This is important. I just talked about the significance of the crucifixion of Jesus' death And that's what we have here. We have the life, the death, and resurrection. Those are three events. There's Jesus' birth and earthly ministry, his death, and his resurrection. These are three actual historical events that took place. And Christianity is not based on ideas or possibilities. Christianity is based on real-life events that happened, and that's something we should find comfort in. Um, we, we We should feel confident in the fact that Jesus really lived. He really died, and he really was resurrected. And so we have an eternity with God to look forward to because of what he did, nothing we've accomplished on our own. Here we have verse 23. And I actually have two to go over here with this one verse. So I'm, I'm just going to read it once. And then we'll are talk about both these points I want to make. Verse 23. If indeed you continue in the faith, stay and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, became a minister. The first point I want to make here is following Jesus isn't something we do on Sunday morning or when it's convenient. And this is something you know when when i say this when i say this out loud i'm speaking more to myself than anyone else because i did this for a long time for <laughs> over 7 of the previous 8 years so this 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 isn't me trying to tell you what you're doing wrong or what you need to do better this is me making an example and using my past to demonstrate what we are not to do and following Jesus isn't something we do on Sunday morning or when it's convenient being a Christian becomes the constant foundation of how we are of who we are as people we shouldn't have to tell other people we are Christian they should know by the way we live regardless if it's Friday night or or Sunday morning, and that just, that, you know, someone that told me that a few years ago, I was living in Texas at the time, you know, I, I shouldn't have to tell anyone I'm a Christian, they should know by the way I live, but he was being a little more direct to me, he was telling me, you "No, know, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, you, you shouldn't have to bring up the fact that you studied theology in college. You shouldn't have to bring up the fact that you write about the Bible and you speak about the Bible. All that should be displayed through the way you live, by the way you treat others. You shouldn't have to tell anyone this. They should just know. And you know, I, I would like to tell you, he told me that and everything from that instant changed. That's simply not the case. That's something I still have to put a lot of effort in. Um, You know, we, we should live like it's Sunday morning every day of the week. And until we can say we've done that, there's always going to be work to do. The process of sanctification is still going on and still continuing. And so that's important for us to remember. And I, I wanted to wrap up these points. I brought it up when we first read through his part where it says, I, Paul, became a minister. Now this whole episode, I wanted to center around the fact that for those either new or making a return to the Christian faith, or maybe you're a Christian who you've been following Jesus for 20 years now, but you just have never been able to wrap your head around the fact that there is a plan and a purpose for you. God does have something for you to accomplish, and you are not disqualified from that from your past. Yes, future actions, like in my case, you no. Know, there were since 2013. There have been a lot of doors closed. That were open because of mistakes and decisions I made, but that doesn't disqualify me from being used by God for His glory. And if God was able to plan, if God was able to have a plan and a purpose for Paul's life with all the sin of his past. What's stopping him from having one for us, for you, for me? And that's what a lot of people don't realize is Paul. If Paul lived today, Paul would be a modern-day terrorist. Paul was torturing, jailing, having people killed for their Christian faith. His focus was ridding the area of Christians. He didn't want them around. He didn't want them alive. I, I mean, I, as horrible as my past has been, I can never say I've had Christians killed or I've killed Christians or that I've been against the church or the movement of God. I, I've never taken things to that extreme. Paul did. You know, it, I, I love the book of Acts where it talks about his conversion from Saul and the journey on the road to Damascus. Because that—that's all the—that's all the proof I need right there. That God still has something for me to do for Him, and see that that's key. It's uh, God has a plan or a purpose to use me for His glory, and I have to keep myself in check on that, especially you know as. More and people, more and more people begin to follow this channel or the YouTube channel or the Facebook page or the Twitter, whatever it is. It has become more and more popular. I have to realize that it's not Jeffrey Stevens. These people are following. It's these people wanting to grow closer to God, and maybe if I do things the right way, maybe God will include me in accomplishing that. So there is absolutely nothing in your past that disqualifies you from being a part of all people. Jesus was completely aware of all your sin, past, present, and future, when he died on the cross. For the record, at that time, at that specific, that exact event, because like I said, it was a real life, historical, it is a factual event. At the time when it happened, every one of your sins were future sins. It's not like Jesus said, well, I, I, I'm going uh, to die here on the cross and this is going to cover all his sins up until the point where he's introduced to me that no, they were all future sins back then, and they are all forgiven sins now. The only thing that's not okay is to hear the gospel message and continue living as if nothing ever happened. And you can look at me personally in the past past seven, eight years of my life. And yeah, there's been a lot of significant changes. There's been a ton of growth and a lot of development, but there are certain seasons of my life, certain three to four month chunks where you could look back and you would think, man, I mean, this is times when I was waking up and going to class eight hours a day, studying the Bible and you you would see me out at night and think man has has he even heard the name Jesus before. And so that that's what that's what the issue is. The issue isn't that a certain sin or a certain past is going to disqual- disqualify you from what God wants you to accomplish for him. The significant issue is the hearing the gospel message. And to continue living like nothing ever happened, and until we're willing to make those changes, there's no way we could ever expect any kind of a blessing for God from God and that, that, that it's not about getting a blessing or winning a prize or getting an award. The blessing is Jesus died for your sins. That's it that it might not get any better for you than that in life, or it might get amazingly better. that doesn't matter the The blessing is that you can live eternity with God in heaven because of what his son accomplished on the cross so that wraps things up. For today, I'm right at 49 minutes. My goal before I hit go was to stay under 50, so we did a good job there. Do, do me a favor though if you've listened to this show and decided you'd like to put Jesus before all things in your life, please reach out to me. If, if you look at this channel's description, you can either send me a direct message. And I think it also displays my email, my email address. Um, Reach out to me. I want to know both how I can be praying for and with you. If you're looking for a church, wherever it is you are, let me know. And I'll spend an hour or so or however long it takes doing some Google searches and Finding a place for you to plug into the body of Christ. Um, This isn't just about you listening to my show. This is about you growing closer to God. And also, if you know someone else who can benefit from hearing today's episode, please feel free to share. You can share this on your Facebook page or any other social media pages. I believe you can email it to somebody direct or send it through an SMS text. But we're really trying to expand expand our reach, and we're really wanting to focus that reach on Christian men who are new to the faith or just flat out struggling in the faith. So if you know anyone that falls in those lines, please let them know about this show and encourage them to tune in. I will be back on here again Friday afternoon and I'll be discussing Jesus' invitation to come follow me. Until then, God bless and live free.